49ers in the NFC Championship game, and now we know who the opponent will be. Rams 49ers Part 3. If they make it past those Rams, they'll stay at SoFi, and it'll either be a rematch of Super Bowl's past against the Cincinnati Bengals or the Kansas City Chiefs for those San Francisco 49ers and some belated game balls to give out on today's show right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Woo, Croc. Still uh, still recovering from the weekend that was. Some fantastic football games, obviously 49ers, Packers. We talked a lot about that one in a rapid react show Saturday night. Appreciate everybody who jumped on live and listened to later on the audio only podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe and tell a friend about Locked On 49ers, no matter what platform you listen to us on. Croc, have you recovered yet? Because, man, there's a couple more good ones on Sunday. The overtime thriller, just seeing Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes sling the ball all over the joint. And then, obviously, the Rams holding off Tom Brady, knocking Tom Brady off and uh, going to the NFC Championship game. So the 49ers get to go have another home game at SoFi Stadium Sunday. I'm pumped for it. Are you pumped? I'm not sure I've ever seen a better divisional round playoff uh, just weekend. Just, just oh. amazing. Every single game came down to the wire. I don't think I've ever seen that. Like, literally, every game came down to the very last possession or last Zero game. games were decided with five seconds to go in regulation. None of them. That's wild. That is wild. Uh, amazing weekend. Got to see some terrific quarterback play. You know, I almost had a hot take for Twitter. And, you know, I'm not a hot takey type guy, but, you know, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm watching the games and I'm watching the Kansas City Chiefs against Buffalo. And midway through the fourth quarter, the score is 23-21. So, you know, it's like, well, you know, obviously these guys do some special things, right? They, 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 they make plays and, and you see some of the things they do. But at the end of the day, I'm like, well, it's only resulted in 23 and, 20, uh, and 21 points. So maybe guys just win different ways. And, okay, they're special, but are they doing anything more special than the next person is able to do? Like a Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, he could put up 23, 24 points. And then the last few minutes happened. And I said, okay, these guys are on a different planet than most quarterbacks in the NFL. That was a special ending. And it was awesome to see the quarterbacks put their just – full abilities on like just display. And it, it, I know some people are like, Oh, defense, like defense was bad. I just thought that the quarterbacks were better than the defenses. That's what it looked like to me. Their timing, their explosive plays. Somebody was like, Oh man, terrible defense. I saw Josh Allen throw a, a, a pass 65 yards in the air. Like there is not really much defense for that. Like that's not something you're just, Hey, let me just prepare for this 65 yard bomb. Like, you know, so they just did some special things. That was a that was a a great nightcap for the for the weekend's uh, slate of divisional round games. Absolutely, that that was fantastic stuff. Uh, do, is it too? Uh, and I've seen this with 49ers fans in enough argument about Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of people still talking about that today. It's like, dude, move on. It's, it's NFC Championship time. But when you see Josh Allen, and I know that Kyle Shanahan had some really kind words to say about Josh Allen last year. Do you think that is what creeped into Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's head when they drafted Trey Lance? And I don't want to put that on him, 
because I don't think he's that level arm-wise, but he's got a really good arm. And just seeing the physicality and the athleticism and seeing all the things that uh, those guys can do for their offense is not only 300-plus yards, 70% passers, you know, three, four touchdown passes. They both led their teams in rushing as well. I mean, it was crazy what they did. Do we dare dream what the 49ers offense could be with Trey Lance? Yeah, you know, and I think that that's the hope. And you talked about the arm, and, and that was my thing when I was watching him at North Dakota State. I was like, man, you know, he has a good arm, but uh, it's not quite Josh Allen or, you know, not like that. But then when I watched him this year, I'm like, oh, I did forget he was only 19 years old playing that first year. I think he got bigger and stronger, and I think his arm got stronger as well. So you can definitely see, you know, he's still learning to control it a little bit, but he can can let it rip, and he can throw the bombs, and he can, you know, throw the big ball. So – you know, I think when it comes to that, and, and like you said, you know, you don't want to put that on someone to say, hey, this guy is going to be Josh Allen. And obviously we hear those type of comps, but he does have that type of ability. You know, he does have the ability that big, strong, powerful, mobile quarterback that can make the throws to all levels of the field. Will he reach that full potential? Uh, history says most likely, excuse me, most likely not, but it's in him. So, you know, there is a chance. There's definitely a chance. And one thing about him that I loved and all the things that I read and I'm hearing and all that, he's the type of person that's going to work tirelessly to become that. So again, that's, you know, what I just watched the other night, that's special. And that's some of the things, you know, you don't see many quarterbacks like that. So to just think that, you know, two years later, you're going to get that type of guy. Chances are you're not, but definitely. Yeah. He, he has that. He has that ability. He has it in the bag. We'll see if he gets there. I've got something I want to try to share with you and the folks out there. Let's see. Where is this thing? I just want to bring this up because I know our guy, Peter Bukowski, has been, has been a, a, um, a good sport. He, if you want to listen to some interesting stuff, hear his takes on Aaron Rodgers and where the Packers are right now and uh, the fact that Aaron Rodgers might have let that Packers team down. I know Croc and I talked a little bit about it when we were talking about where um, – where Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers are in a tier of scariness that you're playing against, right? But Croc talked about the he, he was going to save receipts and the screenshots of when he picked the 49ers to win. And uh, luckily, our guy Nick, who is the social media manager here at the Locked On Network, went and found those for us and uh, and put out some tweets today. And so we had some fun with it. And uh, yeah. this was these these were the the looks that he gave Croc when he picked the 49ers to beat the Packers. So I just wanted to bring that up and shout out Peter. He's, he's a good dude as, as much as a lot of listeners really don't like Peter. We have a lot of fun with him and he's been a good sport. And uh, yeah, they're the, the Packers fans are in a tough place right now, but this was the face he made. And I just had to bring it up because it's too perfect. Yeah. He's, he's been a great sport throughout all of this. And obviously you have me egging it on, egging on the 49er fans to, to go get them. But, um, you know, that's kind of the like we talked about the rivalry between the 49ers and the Packers and that competitiveness uh, in the playoff games. And it's just as competitive between the two shows on the network as well Two, you know, two of the better shows on this network uh, football shows for sure. And, uh, yeah, the 49 fan base, man, they've been letting him have it and I've been enjoying it. But, uh, you know, it's it's 49ers time. They got to get their jokes off. And it's unfortunate he has to be the, the uh, you know, the. The, the butt of all jokes. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I do want to bring up something that Kyle Shanahan said post game. 
um, about how that game went and how it could have gone any any way and to have some humility about it. So I want to remind, remind 49ers fans about that as well. We're having fun with it right now. Um, but that could have very, very easily gone another direction. And 49ers right now, you and I and 49ers fans can be talking about how that game got away and how close the 49ers were to trying to get back to the NFC Championship game, trying to get back to the Super Bowl. So uh, it was pretty cool to hear Kyle Shanahan talk about that humility after the game uh, and how he realized that they might have got away with something and they got out of there with the win and and it took a lot. It took a lot of special teams. It took a lot of things uh, to to go right for the 49ers to come out with a win in Green Bay Saturday. Croc, two game balls to give out on today's show that we didn't officially give out on the game ball portion of the podcast post game. I want to talk more about the opponents, the championship week matchups, and we'll have plenty of time to get deeper and deeper into those as the week goes along and then get into some Twitter questions coming up. Let me get those early lines too. The Rams bucks game wasn't even over and bet online had the line for the NFC championship game 49ers at Rams. And it was something like four or four and a half points, which surprised me. I'm talking about easy money there when it comes to a bet like that. In my opinion, just like how I thought six points was way too much for the Packers to be favored against those 49ers in the divisional round. Bet Online has you covered for all the best odds, props, and lines for your 2022 season and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports waging action this season new year and new updated desktop and mobile website sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to get started not only football you've got basketball pro in college hockey boxing ufc your favorite vegas casino games poker blackjack you name it you've got it at betonline.ag so don't wait to take advantage of all of those bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports bet online where the game starts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Money's already coming in, by the way, Croc, on the 49ers, because that line quickly is, is now a three and a half. And it just, with, with, the, with what we've seen, 49ers versus Rams, six straight to this year, how the 49ers have traveled, the fact that the Rams don't even want to sell tickets outside of the greater LA area, which of course it doesn't matter because how many 49ers fans are packed into the greater LA area anyway, then there's the secondary market where tickets are going to swing and it doesn't matter where you're buying tickets from on the secondary ticket market. So 49ers fans are going to be in the house. Is it going to be as rocking and as red as it was a couple of weeks ago? I do not know, but there will be at least 50% 49ers fans for the NFC Championship game at the Los Angeles Rams. And giving up any points at this point, I think, is too much for the 49ers. So three and a half, four, whatever number you can get, I'm all about it at this point. What do you think about that 49ers-Rams matchup when you saw that that's what it was going to be next Sunday? Yeah, you got to take it. Take the 49ers with those points. You talked about the tickets and them not wanting to sell tickets outside of the L.A. area. You know, I saw Joe Staley go on and, and kind of talk about who, whose wife was it? Whitworth's wife? Whitworth's wife tweeted out, don't sell 49er fans tickets. 
we'll buy your tickets. And Joe Staley wow. quote tweeted that. Joe Staley quote tweeted that and said, don't, uh, or something, if you don't want them, like, we'll buy your tickets or, you know, so it was something along the lines of that. And then uh, Frank Gore, he got in on it and said the same thing. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll buy your tickets, uh, Rams fans, or, you know, something along those lines. So <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, there's going to be a lot of red. It, will it be 60-40 like what I saw before at SoFi? I, I don't know about that. But definitely I could easily see 50-50. Historically, the 49ers have traveled extremely well there. It's going to be impossible to keep the 49er fans out. Oh, no doubt. And th the fact that you would even have to say it or do anything about it, like, and it's already creeping into your head, you know, so the Rams themselves know it. So they're prepared for an away game, basically, right? Um, yeah. It might be 70 degrees, by the way, next Sunday. I saw talk about a, a a switch from going single digits in the snow to maybe 70 degrees where it's like too hot outside to be playing football in January. How crazy is that turn for the 49ers? They Obviously. get to play in the carport. Yeah, the carport, the luxurious carport. That's right. Uh, the carport that is SoFi, which is going to feel a lot like a home game, I think, again, for the 49ers. Do you have for a those who don't know that reference, their their stadium. Once I saw it, I'm like, wow, this is this is crazy. It's it's basically a it's basically Levi Stadium with like just a cover over the top of it, so kind of like a carport. So like all the air comes through from both sides. It's it's a nice stadium. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Just the whole setup, the water right outside the stadium, just the look of it. Their jumbo screen in the, in the middle. I mean, amazing stadium, but it's definitely kind of like a carport. <laughs> and props to 49ers fans who are going out there and, and spending their cash on tickets to go support their team because it helps. And those tickets aren't cheap. <laughs> I saw right. some numbers, especially for the championship game. Not cheap tickets as well. So, um, yeah, the 49ers travel well. Be a lot of red in that stadium. Bengals or Chiefs? Is, is Patrick Mahomes the boogeyman? Do you want a rematch of Super Bowl 26, which was or 23, which is already a, a rematch of Super Bowl, was it 16, with 49ers Bengals? I talked to Jake Lisko for a second of Locked On Bengals, and he said, I don't know what it is, but anytime the Bengals make the Super Bowl, it has to be against the 49ers for some reason. Um, so I'm sure there's some revenge factor there for the Bengals if they do meet the 49ers in the Super Bowl yet again. Who would you rather face? The Bengals clearly would feel like an easier game, have been beaten this year. Or do you want to... Do you want to go at the king, right? You want to go at the team that beat you and go beat the Kansas City Chiefs to go win that Super Bowl. I say well, bring them well, on. One, I say bring on the Chiefs. Which team would you rather see? I, I think we're getting a little, little ahead of ourselves. You got to beat Rams first. But in the event that the 49ers do beat the Rams, all right, in this hypothetical situation, no, bring the Bengals. Like, no, I don't want to see Mahomes. This must be like what, you know, when... I don't know. Uh, the 49ers just kicking everybody's ass in the, in the late 80s and the early 90s uh, with Joe Montana, where you probably saw Joe Montana and it's just like, gosh, we have no chance against Montana. That's how it feels against Mahomes. Not saying you don't have any chance, but you need a lot of things to go your way. One of the big reasons why they lost last year in the Super Bowl, they lost like all every lineman that they had, like, you know, heading into that game. They're playing with all backups and just still stuck to, hey, we throw the ball around. We're not going to run the ball. And Mahomes is running for his life the entire game. So and unless something like that happens where he mysteriously loses all his offensive alignment, it's just not a great, it's not a great matchup for anyone to play the Kansas City Chiefs. So 
you hope the Bengals knock them off. And I don't even think that's really possible. Definitely possible. Is it likely? I'm not sure. But there, there uh, we go. I, I'd say that. My bad. Yeah. I think it was pretty. I think it's pretty important how much the Chiefs spent in the offseason, free agency, draft, everything, trying to fix that offensive line. It was it was key. And the year before, they coming off a Super Bowl win, screwing around, drafting a running back at the end of the first round. What the hell are you doing? Uh, go get those linemen. And, and it was key. And, and that was huge for the, the Chiefs, and it's showing up now. It, it was really important for them. So I'm glad you brought that up. What do you think about the overtime rules? How much of a bummer was it to see Josh Allen just sit on the bench and never get a shot in overtime to come back and answer Patrick Mahomes scoring the the opening touchdown in, in the overtime? Um, I hear both sides, but at the end of the day, it's the rules. Win in regulation. Don't give up a touchdown with 13 seconds left, and you're kicking off with 13 seconds. Don't give up a touchdown, then you don't have to deal with it. Or – Get a stop in overtime and make them, you know, force them to kick a field goal. You know, if you don't, if you can't do that, then you don't, you don't deserve to get the ball back. So, nah, I think shoes. Remember, you used to be able to win with just a field goal. Yeah. So at least they changed that to where you have to score a touchdown. That was terrible. I do, I do buy the idea that, especially in the playoffs, both teams need to have an opportunity to have the football. I understand that argument. Uh, it's. That game was tough because there was going to be zero defense played the rest of the night. Then there was zero defense played at that point, basically midway fourth quarter and on. They were gassed. It was just hard. Like what? what they were gassed. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you? If it was the and, and so I hate the idea that the the coin flip seals it, but it would have still been a coin flip game even if you let the Bills have the ball because they were going to go down and score. Then guess what was going to happen then? The Chiefs were going to come back and score again, and they would still won. So, I don't think it would have mattered, even if the the Bills had an opportunity to to get a ball, no matter what, in in overtime. So, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I heard somebody say that each team gets the ball at least once, and the second team can't kick a, an extra point after the first team scores. So, you have to go for two. So, it has to end right there. You either get your two point conversion and win, or you miss the two point conversion and you lose. But you get an opportunity to have the ball and try to go down and match that that opening score. I kind of like that one. Yeah, I mean, I I think college football has it right. And I think that college football has it right with how they've kind of changed up their rules. Uh, I mean, that's one scenario. You don't it like it? It's not really football anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. But I will say also about the Bills. Like, I don't feel bad for the Bills at all because they blew it in, in regular. They should have won that game in regulation. There was, they had no business kicking the ball in the end zone. What the hell are you doing? Waste the time off the clock. Squib it kick it short, whatever you have to do. I would much rather yeah. take my chances with some return than and, and them wasting 13 seconds and then getting out of there with a win than letting Patrick Mahomes start from scratch with what we'd seen happen in the previous quarter of play. That was where the Bills lost it. So I don't think the Bills have a gripe like, oh, we didn't get yeah. to have, uh, we didn't get to get the ball. What are you doing kicking it deep to Patrick you, Mahomes? You squib it. Yeah. You squib it. That that's going to use up at least three seconds, and that three seconds alone makes it to where they only have two plays right. that they can run. You take away one play, the Bills are right now in the AFC Championship. All right, Croc. Next, we're going to give out some belated game balls and get into some Twitter questions. But I want to tell the folks out there about Get Upside. It's an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Our listeners are earning cash back every time. They get gas. Every single gallon of gas can get you up to 25 cents per gallon when you fill up with the Get Upside app. It's easy. Just download the free 
Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you can get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So that is 50 cents per gallon on your very first tank with the Get Upside app and promo code touchdown don't pay full price at the pump anymore it's super easy i use it you open up the app you go pick which deal you want at which gas station you go fill up boom the cash back goes right into your account you can take that cash back out of your account whenever you want put it into your bank account put it into paypal buy an e-gift card amazon card whatever you want tons of brands cards if you want to buy a gift for somebody with your cash back super easy just download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that extra $0.25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That is promo code TOUCHDOWN with the GetUpside app. We went into overtime yesterday, Croc, on the podcast, and we did not mention during the regular pod Robbie Gold, and we did not give him a game ball for his clutch kicks, especially the game winner in the snow, still perfect in the postseason, is Robbie Gold. And uh, we did remedy that once we went into overtime on the live stream. So anybody hanging out on the live stream would have seen us talk about Robbie Gold and how he deserved a game ball. But I just wanted to make sure that all the listeners that are audio only and to a few folks out there that hit us up and said, how could you not give a game ball to Robbie Gold? Yeah, we missed that one. Of course, Robbie Gold gets a game ball there. Yeah, and he was awesome. I mean, banging those kicks through. In those type of temperatures, what was on the line there? You know, you didn't want to go into overtime against the Packers and anything from that point can happen. You know, don't waste a good drive from Jimmy Garoppolo to, you know, help put the 49ers in position to kick that field goal. So awesome job by him sealing it. And, you know, we gave a lot of love to the rest of the special teams and getting those blocks. Jimmy Ward, uh, you had Jordan Willis, but definitely Robbie Gold. I mean, being able to seal the deal in those type of temperatures and not slip or not just be off just a half a centimeter, which would have made yeah. him miss. That was, that was big time. It was what a 45 yarder, right? Not really a chip shot. You know, you, you can Not miss that. Chip shot. Too. So in yeah. the snow, in the especially element. in that weather. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and they kept trying to jinx him. Oh, he hasn't, he's never missed in the postseason. It's like, come on, it. y'all, yeah. stop doing that. <laughs> uh, uh, and George, what, what do you think about, uh, Tony Romo real quick? Tony Romo as a, yeah. as a, it, it's a little, over, I don't want to say over the top, but it's a little, oh, my gosh, what's going to yeah, happen? He, I think he's going to kick a field goal. Did it get his toe down? I think he – and it's like, dude, we see it right there. Like, yeah. He becomes a little bit too much of a fan where he, he just needs to mute his mic or the producer needs to sit next to him, mute his mic when he's not actually giving the, you know – the the analysis of the play yeah let it play out and don't do like what the fans are doing on the couch oh my god did he get his toe in i don't know oh no it's not oh yeah, it is oh i think it, no it's not compose yourself and like i, I kind of like i don't mind it to be honest with you some people don't like it i don't really care um you know but I, I would say professional professional to professional here you know compose yourself first and then speak on what you're seeing there and give your analysis because he comes, he becomes a fan a little bit sometimes, which, which honestly is kind of endearing and, and I don't mind it all that much, but it's probably yeah. not, doesn't make for the great, the greatest uh, color commentary. I probably would do the same thing as him, but it's just, oh. you know, just, Oh my God, did he get the first down? I don't know. We'll see. Oh my gosh. I'm not sure. And it's just like, all right, Romo, we get it. <laughs> uh, Jordan Willis though. One thing I did not realize when we were on the air post game is that Jordan Willis is the one that had the chop on Jimmy Ward's field goal block. Wow. I did not realize that. 
we talked Larry about it. King. We didn't know who it was. But. Yeah, I knew it happened. I didn't know who it was, though. That was Jordan Willis. Those were the two biggest plays for the 49ers all night. How could we have not given him a game ball? So absolutely happy belated Debo Samuel commemorative game ball to Jordan Willis, two of the biggest plays of the game. The chop heard around the world, which was a massive play, and Jimmy Ward sneaking through, getting the field goal block at the end of the first half, and then just straight up walking the the snapper back into the punter and blocking that punt, which the 49ers only scored the game. That's a 10-point swing from one man, one special teamer. So shout out to Jordan Willis. What a fantastic game for him. Absolutely deserving of a game ball. I did not realize that chop was him, too. Maybe I have to start paying attention, but is that something that's not used often? I, I would think that that's not an ideal way to block it up, but the way teams rush field goals, they try to make it so there's an extra number. And all it takes, if you're coming that wide, is just one arm hitting you in the sh- chest, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously it's something they saw on tape and they tried to exploit it and they just nailed it. But I don't know how, I don't know how often that that is the way that you block up a field goal. So uh, I would like to to learn more about that. Maybe we should get uh, who do we know? Maybe Lawrence Tynes on Twitter. Maybe he'll come on the show. Yeah. To kicking and how they block those things up and, and what that's like and what it's like for a kicker in those moments and, and trying to get the ball. I always think about how do kickers not just kick their own long snapper right in the ass enough like like often with their kicks, just getting a little bit on top of it and just hitting it straight into the back of their offensive lineman. How does that not happen yeah. more often? Uh, yeah, it's it's almost like shooting free throws for those guys. They just have the, they just got the the you know just the motion down, and it's just almost robotic at this point. And if they miss it, they just barely miss it, a centimeter here or a centimeter there. And obviously, mm-hmm. that can change the trajectory of the ball. But I think it's just kind of a muscle memory type thing. They just bloop, swing and kick it right through. Let's go to Sonny on Twitter. He says, hey, guys, love the content. Been listening to both you guys since Gold Faithful and Striking Gold. This playoff run seems special because all the pressure has been on the teams we have faced. Dallas, Green Bay, now L.A. Being a wildcard team almost seems better in some ways. Do you agree? Mm. Like playing with house money, that idea. It's like it's us against the world. We weren't supposed to be here anyway. That kind of mentality. Do you think that helps for a team and maybe makes the team that's supposed to win makes them a little tighter? See, I don't think the players think like that. Like, I, I see some fans like, well, we're just playing with house money at this point. Like, Kyle Shanahan's like, no, they are not. Like, we're we're in this to win it. Like, there is no, like, we're not supposed to be here. Unless maybe you are uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> and uh, I thought he was joking, but maybe he was serious because they went and got their ass kicked by the Kansas City Chiefs. But Kyle Shanahan, his whole objective from the jump, even when they were three and five and people were like, give it up, the season's over. He's like, no, this season's not over. We're going to turn it around and we're going to flip that switch. And they did. So now that they're here, I'm pretty sure the 49ers players and coaching staff feels like they're right where they were supposed to be if they just got their stuff together. And they did. So I don't think there's a house money type situation with anyone in that clubhouse Maybe fans could be like, hey, we're three and five. We're not supposed to be here. But the players and coaches, they're thinking Super Bowl. I think if anything, it probably makes the 49ers more confident because they've been through whatever. And it's not like they're worried right now. Who cares? The NFC championship game at LA. 
not like we can't win that. Right. So I think for a confidence right. level to see where the team has come from, from, you know, maybe the season getting away from them a little bit in October and then going on a nine and two, what is it? 10 and two run now, nine and two run, something like that. Yeah. Winning these games on the road in the playoffs and, and, knowing that they're as good as any of the teams they're going to face, they can win any week. They don't care if they're going on the road right now. They know there's going to be a bunch of 49ers fans there. Uh, they know they can go beat anybody. So I think from a comp- confidence perspective, just the um, the way the 49ers have won and the battle-testedness of the 49ers maybe helps them in some ways. But uh, I don't think it really weighs on the other teams like they're like, oh, we have to win this because we're favored. I don't, I don't think any of that comes into play. Right. Nah. Good news. From uh, Matt Mayoko, I saw a report that x-rays on 49ers all-pro left tackle Trent Williams are negative. So I don't know if that means he is absolutely going to play, but he doesn't have a broken bone in his ankle, at least. So that is uh, good news right now on Trent Williams so far. It seems like there's going to be some good news as it pertains to a lot of the 49ers, even though that was a very physical game and there was a lot of players hobbling around, namely Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. So no bad news yet on the injury front for the 49ers coming out of Green Bay. How about this one? Did you see Allen Robinson? Chicago Bears. Yeah wide receiver during the game uh tweeted out coach shanahan is a damn good coach well where were you four years ago alan robinson he should have been on the 49ers a long time ago um instead of signing whatever goodwin and, and jarek mckinnon whoever that money should have gone to alan robinson in the first place i don't know how the 49ers blew that um i don't know if it was alan robinson didn't want to go to a rebuilding 49ers team or what but missed the boat there because now it's too late niners can't be spending money on alan robinson so uh, i i know that was the the question from fans to us as soon as that was tweeted out by alan robinson and the answer unfortunately is no even though i like alan robinson and i don't know if he's as great as he was when you know early on when he was originally a free agent he was young, he was youthful, he was coming off of terrific years, and he's still a good football player, but is he good enough to the point where it's like, hey, we're going to go out and spend a whole bunch of money on him to potentially be, I don't know, a third receiver, right? You know, Debo, IU, and, you know, you have Jawan Jennings, who you're, you know, you've been working with and developing, so. Um, obviously, Fortnite could use him. I don't want to be that guy. I'd be like, oh, no, we don't need him. No, nah, they could use him, but I don't know if they'd be aggressive in pursuing him. I totally agree there. All right. There's a bunch of questions here that I want to get to. I'm going to save the rest of these for Winky Wednesday tomorrow. If you want to add your question to the list, when we talk to Nick Winkler on tomorrow's program, hit us up at Bay at um, BD Peacock is where you can find me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. You can tag Wink as well at Bay Area Wink. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on Locked On 49ers. For your second listen, check out Croc on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Check me out with Matt Williamson on the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We've got Locked On Bets talking about the entire sporting world hosted by your boy Q here on the network with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. And no matter your favorite team in your favorite sport, We probably got a show for it right here on the network. Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked on 49ers.